0: Kindergarten started with chaos. My mom dropped me off a few minutes late on the first day. By the time I walked into the classroom, all the other kids were frantically getting settled. All of them placed colored index cards bearing their names into cubbies to signify which cubby belonged to whom. Since I was late, I had no such index card. The teacher, Ms. Judd, picked up on my confusion. And what's your name, she asked, as she knelt down to my level. I couldn't answer. I feel so sick and scared, I thought. I had never felt nervous, that blend of terror, worry, and anxiety before. I don't know, I blurted out, in the kind of awkward, blank stupidity that only a small child or a drunk can mimic. It's okay, she replied. Sometimes we forget our names. Looking back, I'm surprised I wasn't immediately sent to the resource room. But despite forgetting my name, I was kept in a regular kindergarten class, and I hated it. Ms. Judd let down the veneer of being a nice person soon after kindergarten started. She was a shrill woman. I hated her, and so did my classmates. We all called her Ms. Blood, it was the best play on words our tiny minds could come up with, and she made sure to remind us that our minds were tiny. You guys are horrible compared to my afternoon class. She'd scream at us, her morning kindergarten class, daily. Pictures of both the morning and afternoon kindergarten classes sat side by side on Ms. Judd's desk. I'd always sneak a glance at the mythical afternoon class. All these years later, I can still remember the picture frames and the faces of all the kids in the afternoon class. Why can't I be part of them? What makes them better than us, I wondered. The glut of troublemakers and outright dolts in the morning class didn't help Many kids were insubordinate, rude, and misbehaved. In order to rein the outlaws in, Miss Judd instituted the thinking chair as the highest form of punishment, save for a visit to the principal, Mr. Goethe. Miss Blood spent half a day explaining the rules of the thinking chair, how one got there, and how one got out. A kid named Les was made an example of first. Why couldn't he have just followed the rules, I thought? Why can't any of the bad kids just be good and follow the rules? Why can't they listen? I was five years old, and I already learned how to pass judgment on my peers. Ms. Judd was absent on the day before Thanksgiving break. In her place, a woman called Ms. Chioli looked after the class. She gave us busy work in the form of turkey drawings to cut out. I remember the directions Ms. Chioli gave us very specifically. Cut along the black line. I grabbed my safety scissors and started cutting. Cut along the black line. Cut along the black line. Before I knew it, I had cut along the black line, every single black line, not just the outline, and had cut the turkey into confetti as a result. Ms. Chioli screamed at me. I cried. The kids at my table didn't care. All I did was follow directions. All I did was listen to what you said. Ms. Judd returned the next day, and life went on. One day she gave us bucket loads of polygonal blocks to play with to teach us about shapes and geometry. A girl named Samantha spilled the contents of one bucket. The class, including myself, rushed to help her. A piercing shrill stopped us. Ms. Judd refused to let us help. She made the mistake. She has to clean it up. No helping, she said with remorseless fury. When my mom picked me up that day, I complained that school was too long and that I hated it and that I never wanted to go back. She laughed.